Hey, Property Insiders, I'm Mike Stenhouse, and this is the Inside Property Investing Podcast. You are in the right place if you are an aspiring or existing investor looking to build a portfolio and a property business that works for you. And from this podcast, you're going to learn from all of my insights and advice from over a decade in the industry, as well as the lessons learned from hundreds of other successful investors. So you can listen to what worked for them and avoid what didn't. I hope you enjoy today's podcast and whatever you're up to today, I hope you have a fantastic day. Thanks for listening. Seven years after our first interview, I'm thrilled to welcome back one of our most frequently talked about guests from the show, 400 episodes and and Jasper River's name comes up time and time again when I meet people at events. And I think it's because his story was was so unique, not necessarily, or, you know, certainly not the, the most successful from a, a portfolio size or an income point of view, but definitely successful from a, a lifestyle design freedom perspective. If you didn't catch his original episode, Jasper had this plan to purchase three relatively simple, relatively low-cost apartments or, or houses in three of his favorite locations around the world and spent his time traveling the digital nomad life, earning money from two of them whilst he lived in the third. And seven years later, we catch up to talk about how that vision played out, and it may not be exactly as you expected, but also how his business has evolved, how COVID came along and really shook things up for him, how he has pivoted into something that is really a kind of a 10x transition versus what he was previously doing and what he was thinking about and how partnering with a business partner drove a, a big part of that that change into a new opportunity with a, a brand called Freewild, which is creating these fantastic staycation resorts in, well, initially California and broader plans to expand across the US, as well as his ongoing work with his brands Get Paid for Your Pad and Overnight Success as an Airbnb and short stay expert. And we get to dig into his views on the market, where it's been, where it's going, and how you can continue to prosper if service accommodation, short-term lets, Airbnb is part of, or maybe part of your future investing strategy. So we cover a lot of ground. I'm sure many of you who've been listening to the podcast for a while will be excited to hear exactly how his original plans panned out. And for those of you who are new, there's a ton to learn about what he's currently working on. So I'm sure you'll enjoy it. I'll stop talking. I'll let you enjoy the podcast. Well, Jasper, I am thrilled to have you back on the show. It's been it's been a little while. It was 2017 when you last came on the Inside Property Investing podcast. Maybe you probably don't even remember it, but I I remember your episode well because it's one of if not the most often cited interview that we've we've ever carried out. Anytime I meet people, they're all saying, oh, what happened to Jasper? What's he up to? How was he was the cool guy that had all the, the Airbnbs all over the world? It's it's such a, a unique story that I I'm thrilled to have you back on. So first of all, just a massive thanks for for taking the time to join us again. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, appreciate the invite. And uh I, I do remember uh us recording that first one, talking about those those uh investment properties that I was planning to buy in different countries. And I remember that time very well because it was a big decision. So yeah. yeah, I'm excited to uh, be back on. Nice. Great. Well, it's good to have you here. And I, I guess a lot has changed since then. It would be nice just to start <laughs> off with a, a bit of a recap. I think the last time we spoke, you still had your place in Amsterdam and you were in the process of maybe considering selling that and also buying up a few properties in some of your favorite cities around the world with a view to, I, I guess, kind of living the digital nomad dream was that mm -hmm. um you know I, I, remind me were, were you still living in amsterdam at the time or had you already left there by that mm. stage no I, I started my nomadic life in 2010 after I quit, I quit my job i was working in chicago as a trader um and i quit that job so i, I started traveling back in 2010 actually um, so I'd already been on the road for about seven years. The reason that okay. I wanted to sell my apartment in Amsterdam was because they changed the laws back then in Amsterdam mm -hmm. and I wasn't able to uh, rent out my apartment on Airbnb anymore. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, so I had the option, two options, essentially turn it into a long-term rental, which I didn't really want to do, or sell it and use the funds to invest in different properties around the world in you know, some of my favorite locations so that I could just travel around the world and stay at my own places and then, you know, put them on Airbnb when I'm not around. That, nice. that was yeah. the whole, that was the plan. And I remember it was something similar to the London 90 day rule. I think in Amsterdam, you said it was 60 days as, as a limit on what you could rent your property out for, um, each year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was 60 or Maybe they even changed it to 30. I'm not sure, but wow, okay, it was restrictive. <laughs> yeah, sure. And I mean, from that time, we were looking at uh, properties in, I think you had, uh, you, 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 the three locations that we mentioned on the podcast were um, somewhere in Colombia. So there was one in Colombia. I think you maybe already owned that one at the time or you were close to completing on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was one I still in, have that one, actually. You still have Cali, that one? Columbia. Yeah, Cali, that's yeah. the one. Yeah, because I think you said that uh, Medellin was very popular already with like the American tourists and things, whereas Cali was more of a kind of up and coming place to be. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and then there were there were two others that you were considering, one in Brazil and one in Thailand. But I think your plans changed a little bit since then, and maybe the locations mm-hmm. have, have varied from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's uh, I ended up buying free properties one in colombia one in thailand and one in the philippines nice okay yeah Yeah. and the plan when we first spoke was really about having the option to to feel at home in these countries right you were doing it from an investment point of view i think you said that after your costs you were kind of you know you're hoping to make about a 10 percent net profit Mm -hmm. um but also buy property in places that you liked spending time so you could enjoy them as well. It wasn't pure investment. The two really kind of went hand in hand, that yeah. lifestyle alongside creating an income. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. hundred um, percent. You know, that was, that was really the goal, right? To, to be able to enjoy those, the, these properties myself uh, and stay there whenever, whenever I wanted to. And uh, at the same time, also make that, you know, make that return on investment. Without having to, because like you can't really get a, when you're investing in those countries, you can't really use any leverage, right? You can't really get mortgages, okay. and if you can, yeah. they're they're very high. The percentages out there, so you really have to, you know, you have really have to find like investments that deliver that higher like cash on cash return. Got yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that you wouldn't be able to get mortgages or any sort of finance in place on them, but I guess I guess it makes sense, right? They're kind of developing markets in a lot of cases, and yeah fine okay yeah i mean the interest rates are so high you know like for example in colombia which is by the way also an interesting uh, topic to talk about because in in colombia the interest rate for mortgage is is you know upwards of like 10 percent. you know it's probably like 12 you know 13 percent but also they're really hard to get like these mortgage markets are not developed as well as in you know as in in the western countries so it's harder to get the mortgage you need to put more money down and the interest rates is so high that you know, the question is, does it really make sense uh, to get a mortgage, right? If you're paying that high of an interest rate. On the flip side, um, you know, I the property that I have in Colombia, um, I've been putting the proceeds into a savings account uh, at a Colombian bank. And I've, I mean, right now I'm receiving about 10% interest on that, on those savings. Um, you know, a few years ago it was a little, a little lower, but even, you know, still when the interest rates was like zero, you know, in the, in the States and in, in, in Western Europe, yeah, you know, there, like the interest rate would be like four or 5% on that, on that savings account. So, uh, that's been interesting, you know, to get, to get that much interest on, uh, on, on those uh, savings. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, it's funny. I mean, everyone in the, the UK is losing their minds right now because, because mortgages are like, you know, five, 6%. And, you you look around the world, you look back in history, and it's still pretty low compared to what we've seen it is, elsewhere yeah. or different yeah. points in time. Um, and you know, we there's still, as you find, you know, there's still still ways to make money in this market, which is great. H- how has the that dream that you set out with of having these three properties and then funding your lifestyle and giving you a great place to live? What's the reality of that been like over the last seven years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, you know, mixed results, I would say. The the place okay. in Colombia has been incredible. Um, I've definitely hit that, you know, that 10%. And I'm talking about like you just the, the income that it generated. Like it's pro- there's probably appreciation too. Like I'm I'm not sure what 
you know, it will be worth right now, but I'm sure it's more than what I paid for it. Um, the other two, you, the other two that I bought were both pre, uh, pre-construction. So these were, when I bought it, it was basically, you know, off, uh, off a design, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they had to be constructed. The timing wasn't, wasn't ideal because pretty much both of those units that I bought in Thailand and Philippines basically came online, uh, end of 2019, early 2020, uh, which was, you know, as just, we all know, just in time for a pandemic, right? <laughs> exactly. Just, in, just in time for a pandemic. So, uh, I'd say the good news is that, you know, the, you know, when you buy pre-construction, there's always a risk, right? The risk is that they don't even finish the building, right? And that, that happens in those countries. So, you know, the good news is that both, both those units actually, they did, they got completed. Uh, they are operational. Um, but you know, in Asia, the pandemic was, uh, a lot worse, uh, in the short term rental space, it was a lot worse than in, you know, in, Places like the US and and in Europe and Australia, the reason being is that like in those areas you're you're so dependent on international travelers, mm-hmm. right? The the short term rental markets in the in in the states in Europe and Australia actually recovered very very quickly uh, after after COVID happens, right? Because local people started traveling more uh, in in their own country, right? So. Uh, there was a lot of places, <clears throat> a lot of areas that saw really good demand, uh, towards the end, towards the summer of 2020 and con- also into 2021, 2022. But the Asian markets were still hurting because the Asian countries were very, um, late with ex- starting to accept more international travelers. Like there's, okay. there's a lot of restrictions that stayed in place. Plus people were still a little scared to travel internationally, you know, even in 2021, 2020. Uh, two, right? So, you know, those investments in, um, in Thailand and Philippines, uh, you know, they haven't been returning. I haven't been hitting my target on those ones, uh, for sure, but okay. at least they're, they're still there. They're, you know, they're still operational. And, uh, you know, in the next couple, we, we might see some really good returns in the next couple of years. I'm still, still bullish on Asia as a, as a region. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think that, you know, the, as the Chinese middle class uh, starts to grow, I think the Chinese people want to go on on holiday and they want to go to beaches. Uh, and my places are both on the beach, so I, I'm still bullish on on them in the long term. But uh, but yeah, the timing <laughs> the timing couldn't really have been worse on those two. Yeah, I, I hear you, and I mean, you know, we can't predict things like that. And I think the fact that you've you've survived in a lot of cases that's probably more than most people were able to do. So, you know, there's, there's got to be some element of success taken from that. Hopefully, like you say, the market will continue to recover. Have you, have you been able to enjoy all three of them? Do you have a preference between the three where you like to spend more time? Mm-hmm. Have, have you, have you stayed in all three or are there some that you haven't well, visited yet? Yeah. I mean, I've stayed in the, in my house in Colombia. I stayed there a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I made some friends in, in Cali and like, you know, I've been there multiple times um, and I'm actually probably going to go back there this year as well. So that's been, that's been absolutely fantastic. Um, the ones that I have in Asia, so, you know, they, they were only completed like during COVID and then the travel restrictions came into place. Right. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't able to actually travel there now at the same time around COVID, you know, there's a blessing in disguise, but COVID also, um, shut down all, conferences right like no one was going to conference there was no conferences so there was no way for people to connect with each other right mm-hmm. so i actually started a business with uh with my business partner at that time where we started doing virtual meetups and we developed some courses uh to help people survive uh that that uh pandemic in the short-term rental space right so we were getting operators from all around the world but mostly from the states and from uh from the UK from Australia together uh, and we would jump on you know weekly Z- zoom calls to support each other and that grew into a whole uh business at the time so you know that was it so things were going well on, on that side right um and from there also came the idea to start our new uh hospitality brand that we haven't talked about yet but I'm sure we'll touch on it so that led into a whole new business where we're now um you working with investors uh to buy up old 
old uh, vacation rental uh, communities in <clears throat> old vacation rental markets, like the mountains, beaches, uh, forests, stuff like that. Uh, and that's, that company is called Freewild. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's interesting how, how that goes. Like, you know, there's a, there's a, the pandemic obviously was, uh, you know, I got hit by it you know, in terms of those investments in Asia, but at the same time, it also opened up an opportunity, uh, elsewhere, uh, to, you know, to build businesses essentially. So, you know, is, uh, the, the word in Chinese, the word for crisis is, is opportunity, I believe. And, okay. you know, I, I, I think that any crisis offers opportunity too. And that was definitely the case in, for me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing, right? Like you can either, lay down and say, oh, you know, the pandemic's ruined everything. I'm just going to give up or you find opportunities to to pivot and start new businesses. There's always opportunity, I think. And I, I'm glad you have been able to do that. I'm I'm really excited to talk about Free Wild because I think that's, uh, you know, uh, a, a massive step for um for you i guess and and for other people who may be thinking okay well what is what is the next iteration of of my own property business look like mm-hmm. um but just you know on the um that kind of digital nomad space i i was listening back to that uh initial episode that you did with us and you were talking about the increase in the number of people who are kind of living that lifestyle i don't know if that's something that you still track or monitor do you still do you do you see that um, that change in the way that people are living, people who are running their businesses from laptops, is that something that's continuing to grow? Is it something that you still continue to be fairly bullish on? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I think that uh, the pandemic gave that whole movement uh, quite a bit of a boost, right? Because mm-hmm. there, there was a lot of people who actually started, you know, digital nomading um because you know at home everything's everything's closed you know there's just nothing going on so and also and you know people didn't have to go to the office so they were able to work remotely so i think you know in 2020 i think a lot of people started started doing that a lot of them have also gone back to their old lives by now but i think uh i think it's definitely given given a boost i mean you know everybody learned how to use zoom for starters right mm-hmm. everybody uh, learned how to use you know communication tools like slack um you know all those type of companies that facilitate remote workers like task managers and i think ever a lot of people learned how to work remotely and so now that option is a lot more uh, you know, doable, uh, for them. So even though most people have returned to the office, right. Um, there's still people have learned how to work remotely. Right. And I think that's going to support the, uh, remote working trend, uh, in, in the future. Nice. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. I think you're right. Like, I guess maybe the, the early stages of, of COVID when travel was shut down completely, it maybe dampened it, but then with that, um, the, the, the proliferation of people working from home. I think, you know, even, even people who maybe had a traditional job pre COVID are still in that job, but have way more flexibility now in terms of where they can work from. So I definitely think there's Mm -hmm. opportunity to explore that as a a business and how you can serve them. I think you spoke about, it might've been Chiang Mai initially back in that initial podcast. And you said it was the best, the best internet speed you had ever had was in a coffee (laughs) shop there because they'd invested so heavily in the infrastructure to support this, this booming digital nomad economy. And there will be places where there are tax advantage, you know, something I'm, I'm conscious of at the moment is there are places around the world where there are significant tax benefits to living there. And you can still operate your business in the UK or in the Netherlands or in the US or, you know, wherever you choose to, but just live somewhere where the cost of living is, is cheaper. The tax situation is more beneficial. Like there's, yeah, the the world is small, right? And I guess you probably appreciate that more than anyone. Yeah, hundred percent. And, you know, one interesting uh, thing that I noticed during the pandemic too, is that there was a lot of people that were stuck in other countries, mm. right? For example, I I was getting a lot of people staying at my place in in Colombia because international travelers weren't weren't coming in, right? But still, my my property was was occupied um, most of the time because there was a lot of foreigners that were stuck in Colombia and they couldn't return home. Okay, right? And so they also had to like 
and there was people that were stuck for months, you know, two, three, four months. And some of those people ended up never coming back because they, they were forced to, you know, work remotely and they realized, okay, actually, why would I go back? It's like much cheaper here. And yeah, you know, the weather is nice and you know, like whatever advantages there were, you know, out there where they were stuck, like a lot of people actually inspired them to, um, you know, to either continue to work remotely or even stay in, in those countries. So yeah, that was an yeah. interesting side effect that I, I guess most people don't realize. Yeah, for sure. No, that's, that's awesome. And then you yourself, you're currently in San Diego, right? California. And, um, I guess you're there in part, at least because of Freewell, this other brand you mentioned. Can you just, before we dig into how that came about, tell me what Freewild does, what, what, you know, what, what's the, the, the vision for, for this brand that you're building? Mm -hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So, you know, when COVID happened, it was, so during COVID, I started working together with somebody who is from San Diego. Um, and we, you know, we started working together. And so, Eventually, we what we realized through <clears throat> through this whole COVID uh, uh, pandemic, like what happened was a lot of people started rediscovering um, local travel destinations, right? So, you know, for example, like let's say you live in Los Angeles, right? In before the pandemic, you might just jump on a plane every year and fly to Hawaii and fly to Thailand and you know all across the world. During the pandemic, like you weren't able to do that, so a lot of people started looking like, hey, where can we where can we go like that's drivable driving distance, right? Where can we go that we can drive to in a couple hours? Mm -hmm. And so people really rediscovered uh, local travel. So that was, that was one big thing that that happens, right? And what we realized is that when you when you travel somewhere nearby, you're you're not the the location itself might not be ex as exciting as when you travel abroad. And so people were more looking for experiences when it comes to like the place that they were staying at. You know, for me, I, I was a good example of that because I actually when the pandemic hit, like I went back to Barcelona where I was living at the time and I wanted to travel and, but you know, you couldn't go anywhere. So I, I just looked, you know, what's within a two hour driving distance. And I found out there's like castles that you can <laughs> stay at. So I stayed at a castle and interestingly enough, it was later featured. That castle was later featured on uh on an Airbnb promo where they were introducing categories and you know unique destinations and that castle was featured uh and but i had no idea that you could stay in a castle and it was pretty affordable too so if it wasn't for the pandemic i would have never known so i'm an example of that as well where mm -hmm. i found out that there were school places that you can go to nearby and drive yeah, nice right and i guess that that inspired us <clears throat> my business partner actually uh he um he he quit his his uh lease you know his lease was expiring and and he just traveled around california and some other states for a couple months just staying at different airbnbs and you know when we came together we started realizing you know what like people people are looking for unique destinations and you but also unique properties unique experiences right if you if you go i don't know where in the uk you live but if you go like two hours away from where you live mm -hmm. You know, you're not, you're probably not going to be too excited of staying at a rec, just a cookie cutter type of apartment. Like if, sure. if you're going to stay so close to your home, like you want something special. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what we realized. And from that came the idea of like, Hey, you know what? When you stay at an Airbnb, it's kind of like hit and miss, you know? You never really know what to expect. Some hosts provide certain amenities like coffee and tea and, you know, some hosts don't, right? Sometimes there's a hairdryer, sometimes there's not. Sometimes you send the host a message, you get a response right away. And sometimes you, you're waiting for two days for the host to respond or maybe the host will never respond, right? There's no standards really when you rent these Airbnbs. And, and so therefore, from there came the idea of like, Hey, what if we create a brand just like hotels have brands, right? The Marriott and the Four Seasons and, you know, people stay at these places because they know exactly what to expect and the experience is consistent. And it's a, it's a unique experience that they, you know, that they, that they're always going to have, right? When staying at these properties. So yeah. from there came the idea, like, let's build a brand in the short term rental space. So, so you can have the best of both worlds. You can have the standards and the, the high level experience that you're used to when you're staying at, you know, the, the, 
brand hotel brands or staying at a hotel, the customer service, everything. But at the same time, you can have a kitchen and you can stay at a home versus a small hotel room. So you have mm-hmm. more space and, you know, so combining those two, that was really the, the, the idea behind, uh, behind free wild. Okay. I, I love that. I mean, I, I agree with everything. I think that the idea of like staycations of being able to go and, and have a real experience without needing to get on a plane or travel for, you know, a day to get there is something that, you know, loads of people are really interested in right now, particularly, you know, for me, uh, we've since, I mean, we've now got a two-year-old, so she wasn't even on the horizon last time we spoke, but we've got another baby on the way traveling with kids that adds a whole new, um, complexity to things. Right. So just being able to load up your car and go, I see it becoming so much more popular and Mm -hmm. you are now kind of well on your way with this, this vision, right? I think your first location is, is up and running. It's live. You've yep. got, do you, do you, you have guests already? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually bought our first property in, in Idaho, California in the end of 2021. Um, we bought a property, amazing property, uh, quite a bit of land, uh, four existing cabins, um, that were already operating as a short term rental. So we okay. came in, we took over the operations. Um, and then we, we renovated the cabins because we, as part of the Freewell brand, like we want to bring like a high level design driven experience mm-hmm. to these markets. So instead of having the rustic old, you know, cabins <clears throat> with the old, you know, furniture and like that kind of vibe, we wanted to bring like a, like a high level interior design, uh, to, to these units. So. You know, we came in and we eventually we renovated all of the properties. Um, so now they're, you know, we, we launched those, those renovated properties in uh, October last year. Uh, so that was the official la- launch of Free Wild. Uh, and now we're, you know, we're, uh, we're exploring with the county. We're exploring what we could do with the additional land that we have and potentially building another, uh, eight to 10 cabins on wow. that property. So really okay. expanding the operations there. Plus now we're looking for the next location, right? Our, our goal is to expand this brand uh, first in California, but also mm-hmm. then uh, throughout the US and, you know, potentially uh, internationally as well at, at some point. So we have a, quite a, a big vision for this, uh, for this company. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I have so many questions. I think I'll start with um, the the transition from being a, a kind of you know an independent property investor having having a couple of properties that you owned and and managed and had an income from. To I mean, this is it's still in the same industry, but it's like you know it's ten x what you were doing previously. Was that an intentional decision? Did you think like you know how do we scale this up? Was it just an opportunity that presented itself to you. You know, we spoke about the the increase in people wanting to stay close to home mm-hmm. that you spotted and jumped on. Like, what was the driving force behind you changing the the direction you were moving in? Yeah, yeah, it's a good question. You know, like I when we first last spoke, like I was, you know, I was in the mindset of you know keeping my life simple and just mm-hmm. having some places around the world that I could travel to and you know work remotely and. You know, I just have that very comfortable, like kind of adventurous, like stress-free life. Um, I guess when I met my business partner, I guess that's when things started to change a little bit because, you know, he had he had more of a of a larger vision for for the things that he was working on. So, you know, I kind of you know I kind of hopped on that thinking train, if you will. Um, but also, like I just saw I saw the opportunity, you know. Um, when we started talking about free wild, I realized like, wow, this could be, you know, this could be like a, a brand that's like, you know, known worldwide. Right. I, I really think that's possible. Right. Whether that's going to happen or not, obviously yeah. depends on a lot of things, but you know, it's definitely like, it's definitely a different vision than just, you know, just kind of owning a few properties here and there and, and, and just enjoying that lifestyle. I mean, a lot of things changed as well. I'm getting a little older. I'm starting thinking of like settling down. I, I got married, you know, so that whole life of just, you know, traveling around, <laughs> staying in different places every month is also, uh, you know, not really going to be, um, I've done that for such a long time too. I think, I think I've also started to appreciate some more stability, uh, and some more certainty, uh, in my life as well. So I don't feel the need to constantly move around anymore. Okay. Um, at this point, I'm actually, I actually prefer to, 
our, our plan is to to really settle down in one location and you know start a family and and so <clears throat> yeah <clears throat> a lot of things have changed you know and it 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 all it all kind of the puzzle kind of fell into place with with everything that we're doing now yeah, no, I, I love that. And I think it's it, it's the truth, right? Like we we go through different phases and stages in life and we can't be too blinkered and say, oh, well, you know, I said I was going to do this five years ago, so that's all I can do. Keeping an open mind mm-hmm. and being willing to explore new opportunities, I think is is absolutely the right approach. Um, on a more kind of technical note with this specific project in Idlewild, so this was your first location. You said it was an existing um, an existing site with four cabins on it. Did you go out looking mm-hmm. to acquire that type of setup an existing business that you could renovate versus new build construction? Was there a reason that you went down that path? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, as we were kind of exploring the, these different um, locations, right. The, the really the traditional uh, vacation rental uh, uh, location. So, so, you know, be, be, even before Airbnb even existed, you know, people were already going to these towns and to, you know, to rent a house for like a week and 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 go on a trip there, right? Yep. So, what you see in those locations is that there's a lot of there's a lot of properties and businesses that are kind of run like in a pretty old school way. Like people have owned these, you know, for a very long time. They're still kind of you know operating with you know pen and paper, if you will. Um, they have a large stream of of just um, repeat guests, okay. right? And the properties are you know, they're, they haven't been, they're, they're all like, they have a similar vibe. They have more of a, like, a, you know, like, I'm not sure how to explain it correctly, but you know, it's, it's not a, it's a, it's a bit of an old school vibe, if you yeah. will. Right. No, the, I get the, that. There's the traditional there's, there's, cabin in the woods. Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, I guess you see efficiency, like ways to optimize that and add efficiency to an existing business, but you have something tangible to start with. Yeah. So for example, you know, like a lot of these, a lot of these places you go on their website and it's, you know, it's a bit of a tedious process to make a booking. Like some, you know, some of them, like you, you can't even book directly. Like you have to call (laughs) them or you have to send them a request and you know what I mean? It's an, it's a bit of an old school way of doing business. And now Airbnb, what Airbnb is brought to the space is that like very fast uh, user experience, right? Where you go on the website, a couple clicks on the mouse and, and, and you, you're booked, right? Yeah. Um, and the design of the site is, it's very intuitive and it's, it's a nice user experience. And so, and you, plus you have a lot, there's a lot of techni- technical, technological, uh, you know, <clears throat> in, advance, in inventions and advancements and everything. Like, for example, you don't have to pick up the key anymore at the reception, you know, you can just like, use a smart lock with a code so you can make that whole experience like very very different mm-hmm. um and we you know we kind of noticed that like people you know a lot of people are looking for that type of experience right like the i was i still find it interesting that most hotels like when you when you book a hotel like you you have to give you give them a lot of information right your email your name your your everything and then when you show up at a hotel the first thing you have to do is you stand in line uh and then fill out a piece of paper Right. And that's, that's, that's kind of interesting because, you know, that's how the experience starts. Like when I arrive at the destination, like I want to drop off my bags. I want to like take a shower or like, you know, I want to settle in. I don't want to stand in line and fill out a piece of paper with information that they already have. Yeah. Right. But that's still the reality in most, in most hotels. So, you know, this really thinking through that whole, experience and really understanding the customer journey and like what's the what's the what's your guest experiencing when they arrive at the property right are the lights turned on there's there's some music playing right can they just walk straight into the unit and you know and and take that shower and relax or what do what 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 do they have to go through right during that experience so i think you know i think that, that there's a lot of there's a lot to be optimized, especially in those in those type of locations. Like if you look at the larger cities, like a lot of the uh, short-term rentals there are, are, you know, they they're more modern, if you will, right? So, um, so bringing that modern experience plus the high-touch customer uh, customer journey, customer experience, the uh, customer service, everything to bring that to the to these type of lo- type of locations. That was the vision. Um, so if we can find like a you know, a property that's currently operating, let's say it has five, 10, 15 
<clears throat> cabins or it could be, you know, it could be beach houses or whatever it is. And, you know, people have operated for like 20, 30 years, you know, it's still kind of operating the same way as, as then we can come in <clears throat> and kind of really upgrade that experience. Um, you know, really bring some efficiency to the operations, uh, attach our brand to it, right? <clears throat> and have a consistent brand experience over these different locations. And I think we can, through that process, we can create a lot of value for, uh, for travelers. So that's, that's the whole, um, that's the whole idea. Like, you know, mm -hmm. if we have to do some construction that's possible, but like, you know, we're not really looking to buy a piece of land and develop something brand new. Yeah. Uh, from the get-go if, yeah. if there's an opportunity to do that we wouldn't say no to it but like mm -hmm. you know it's not our main focus right now yeah no i i get that i think it makes a lot of sense i appreciate your explanation and i think you know like this plot specifically where you've got the four cabins and maybe there's scope to build out some more in the future it feels like it's it's a good balance to the best of both worlds um you mentioned uh in some of the information you sent over prior to recording that you uh for the Freewild brand, you've raised, I think, around five million US dollars as a company. What was that process like? A lot of our investors are looking to raise capital to fund their own developments to scale their businesses. Going out and raising investment for a project like this was that a process that you found, you know, was there plenty of appetite for it? Was it a relatively easy process or was there a lot of work that you had to go through in order to make that happen? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, it was interesting because, you know, when we, we started talking about this idea of, of, of free wild, right. And in the beginning, we, we didn't, we didn't have that name yet. We were just talking about like, Hey, you know, we want to start a, a brand. We want to start a short term rental brand. That's different. That's unique. And this is what we're envisioning. We started talking about that on, our, on this podcast that I have, right. Get paid for your pad. Um, <clears throat> we started talking about it with, in, you know, in our, with our friends, family, like we started talking about it to everybody. <clears throat> And over time, as this, as this vision kind of came about, um, there was a lot of people that, that wanted to invest in, in the short term rental space, right? Cause especially like the, you know, the long returns on, on long term rentals, um, are, you know, it's not, it's not, it's kind of hard to make a good return on investment with the, with the, the prices of the homes that are so mm -hmm. high, right? So, you know, there was a lot of interest from investors to invest in into short-term rentals. And so we didn't really have to go out and pitch anybody. It was more like there was a number of people that came to us and said, like, hey, we, you know, we like what you're we like what you're doing. Like we we think it's awesome, you know, the brand that you're building. And so if you if you're ready, if you found something that you want to purchase, like let us know. And like, you know, maybe we can uh we can invest into that. So that's how it happens. You know, we, we found that property that was like ideal for what we wanted to do. And so when we found it, we reached out to the people that we spoke to. Um, and you know, that, that's how we were able to raise those funds very quickly. Nice. And you said then if, um, if I heard you correctly, a lot of the interest came kind of almost before this business was a reality. It was more through your your personal brands and your previous businesses, people that you had met along the way and developed relationships with so that when the idea was there, you almost already had the the backers behind you that you could go and have these conversations with. Exactly. Yeah, nice. And exactly I suppose that happens. just shows the power of that. Even if you don't think you're going to need to raise capital or you don't know what your next plan looks like, has that personal brand, is that something that you value? I mean, it's obviously helped you from a, an investment point of view, but I guess you're, you're a big advocate of building a personal brand in, in your business alongside the, you know, the free wild brand or the get paid for your pad. People also know Jasper Rivers and they know mm -hmm. what you stand for. Uh, have you found that to be beneficial? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's usually beneficial, right? Cause it builds trust. It builds credibility and it, you know, it opens a lot of doors. Um, and it's, it's interesting because you don't, I mean, obviously now I've been doing this for so long now <clears throat> that, you know, the, the, that credibility and that trust that builds over time, but even like you, you can, you can get that pretty quickly. Cause I, cause I remember when I la launched my podcast, uh, get paid for your pad, that was back in 2014. Um, I was, I literally got invited to like the Airbnb headquarters, like 
three or four months after we launched that, you know, because it grabbed their attention. So attention. So I was able to meet with the the CEO, uh, you know, and the founder Brian Chesky and the other mm-hmm. two founders, and you know, that was shortly after I started this journey. So. So yeah, I mean, it's hugely beneficial, you know, like things, things like publishing a book, starting a podcast. Cause if you, if you, if you're the author, you're no longer just, you know, Mike Stenhouse. Now you're the author of this book and you're the host of the, the podcast that you run. Right. So you immediately have a different, people have a different, um, perspective of, of who you are. Um, and I think that's hugely beneficial. Yeah. And, you know, I suppose. It's maybe something that some people shy away from. They would rather hide behind um, the, you know, the, the the kind of the company name or something like that. But even on the the Free Wild Instagram, which I was I was having a look at, and for anyone who's interested in, in, in what Jasper and his business partner are up to, like I, I really recommend you go and take a look at the the Free Wild profile because I think it's this really nice mix of you've got the kind of like magazine style glossy images that really sell the ideal. But then I think, I guess it's your business partner as well. His face is also there and it's kind of talking mm-hmm. about where the idea came from and, you know, continuing to make that personal connection with people. And I think that is something else that probably changed post COVID, right? Like the idea that we want to be connected, we want to know who we're doing business with. And maybe Airbnb had a big part in that as well, where you always see, you know, who the host is. People like to know who they're staying with or who's hosting them. And it's not, I think, you know, okay, you probably could build a successful brand that is just a logo and no faces on there, but putting yourself and Eric front and center, I imagine it, it does help build the the business. You know, the, the, the two play hand in hand, I guess. The personal brand and the business oh, yeah. work well together. Yeah, 100%. You know, I think uh, it, the days where automation and artificial intelligence are on the rise. Um, mm. I think that people are going to more and more, you're going to be able to stand out more and more if you continue to bring the human connection. Cause in the end of the day, we're human beings and we always are going to want a human connection. Right. Um, so yes, you can automate a lot of stuff and you can, you know, build a brand where without you, you putting your face on it. Um, but I think, I think we're going to be able to stand out. It, the companies that are putting their face on everything and, and, and make that human connection, I think those are, those companies are going to fare better than the ones that are not doing that. Yeah, hundred percent. So just to, to wrap us up, I want to touch on the, I guess the kind of third facet of your business. So you've got your own portfolio, you have got the, the free wild brand and the, the business there that you're building out. And then you've also been, uh, an advisor, a mentor, an educator in the kind of short term that space for, for years. You mentioned your book. You've got a couple of different, um, brands that you, work under. So you've got Get Paid for Your Pad, which I think was your original um, mm-hmm. company in that space. You've also got Overnight Success, which is again with with your business partner. So you've, you've got a ton of insight into this space. The market's probably matured since we last spoke in, in 2017. Is it still mm-hmm. an industry that you think there's, you know, is, is it a good industry for new investors to get involved in? Is there still opportunity to make mm-hmm. money here? Yeah, absolutely. There is. And and just so people know, uh, if you, if people want to check out our brand free wild, um, it's spelled, uh, wild is spelled with a, a Y mm-hmm. not with an I. So I just want to make sure that people aren't sure. Like, and I'll, I'll make sure that's linked searching, up in the show notes as well. On, the, um, on Instagram and stuff. But yeah, I think there, I think there, there is opportunity. Yes. Because I believe that, um, people are always going to be looking for, unique experiences and people are want are going to want to stay not just at the hotel in a small hotel room people want to stay at you know larger larger spaces and and have different experiences than just a hotel experience i think that's going to continue to be the case and so there's opportunity there however it, the market has changed a lot you know a lot of markets there's a lot of supply uh, a lot of in the last five years, a lot of money has flowed into the short-term rental space, and so mm-hmm. there's definitely places where there's uh, you know signs of saturation. There's the nightly rates are are coming coming down. Um, so <clears throat> you know the operators are more professional, right? So like five years ago, or when I started ten years ago, you could you could buy anything and put it in Airbnb, and you make great money pretty mm-hmm. much. Now that's not the case anymore. Now you really have to 
consider it a real business, right? You really have to understand, you have to do your research. You have to understand like, you know, who's my ideal customer, right? Who's, who's that guest avatar? Who, who am I serving? How, what's their problem? How do I find a solution? Really the basic, you know, premises of, of starting a business, the, the, the whole process that you go through before you start a business, like answering all those type of questions and really be, being very intentional about, you know, the experience that you're creating for your guests. Um, and then also, you know, operating professionally, right? There's a lot, a short-term rental business is a pretty complicated business because you're dealing with a lot. You're dealing with, first of all, it's 24 seven human interaction, right? If the yeah. guests have a problem at 3am in the morning, then, you know, they're going to message you at that time or call you at that time, right? So it's 24 hours. You're dealing with people. But there's also a lot of operations, logistics, the cleaning, the maintenance. Then there's like the bookkeeping, the accounting, of course. There's the revenue management. So like, how do we price our units? Like, what's the minimum length of stay? You know, what's my cancellation policy? Like, do I upsell anything? Um, you know, what what are my distribution channels? And then there's the marketing side too, right? It's like, yes, there's the OTAs like Airbnb where you can get a lot of guests, but at the same time, Airbnb could close down your account anytime, right? So you don't really want your business to be dependent on a third party platform, right? So you also want to have your own marketing, right? And have your own website. Mm -hmm. um, so you got to build that out as well. So look, I don't want to discourage anybody, you know, to, to start a, an Airbnb or short term rental. Um, but I just want to, you know, I just want to state that it's there's a lot involved it's not an easy business to run um and it has gotten more competitive so you know if you're listening to this and you do want to get into it whether it's whether it's just like one home or whether you want to start managing a portfolio of other people's homes right um just know that you know this is not a get rich quick or make money easy this is a real business like any other business that requires a lot of time effort and you know, dedication in order to make it work. Um, on the other side, it's an, it's an amazing business because you're having a, pos a really positive impact on, on people's lives. You know, like when, when people stay in your properties and you're delivering that amazing experience, whether it's in, you know, we got people that are, that are doing like, uh, <clears throat> their, their honeymoon, right. Mm -hmm. Or, yep. You know, the birthdays and the, the special family gatherings, right? And the special family trips. Like those are really important moments for people that they remember for, for a very long time. And if you're able to facilitate that for people and, you know, and, and make that holiday really special, make that vacation really special for them, that's amazing, right? So it's an amazing business if you're, if you have the passion for it. Yeah. I think you do have to have the passion for it because there's, there's a lot of challenges that come along the road. And if you're not passionate about it, then you probably don't want to deal with all that, uh, which is something that we've, se we're seeing now because all the people that kind of came in with the mindset of, Hey, let's make some quick money here. Um, let's buy a couple of properties, toss an Airbnb and then mm -hmm. just going to sit back and, you know, watch the bank account grow, grow. <laughs> that the people that have that mentality and don't have a real passion for hospitality. I think those are the people that are now starting to leave the space uh, because they realize that, you know, they, they're not, they're barely making their mortgage or yeah. they rent at the home. They're barely making the rent. And so it's not really worth it uh, for, for those people. Right. So yeah, it's probably going to be a bit of an outflow uh, yeah, no, as I well think in the next few years. I think it's really interesting. I think it's a pretty, it's a pretty balanced view. You know, I think, I think you summed it up pretty well there. Um, as, as I would expect for someone with so much experience in the industry. And I, I think that is interesting as well. That idea that there probably will be a bit of an exodus of people who were kind of looking to, Oh, well, yeah, Airbnb, get rich quick. And it maybe hasn't panned out or the bombs falling out of it a little bit. There maybe will be a bit of an exit. The market will stabilize. It will professionalize. You will get more serious operators running perhaps larger portfolios than just like, you know, everyone with one or two units. So it's interesting. Again, you know, it's, it's change and change creates opportunity. So I think there's absolutely going to continue to be scope to make money from short-term rentals. But I think, you know, your, your comments about going in there with, uh, you know, a, a sensible idea that it's not get rich quick, that it is going to be work. It's probably, I mean, we only have, we only have four Airbnbs in our portfolio, but they cause far more work than the rest of our portfolio combined, probably just because of that 24 seven nature, 
it's much more customer service focused than longer term tenants. Um, it's it, it's a lot of work. You can make money from it, but you know, like you said, Jasper, like it, it, it's it's a business and it needs to be run like a business in order to succeed. Hundred percent, hundred percent. In terms of we, we've spoken about um, FreeWild, I'll make sure people are connected to that as well. But you know, we've we've kind of been talking a little bit about um, your your experience through uh, Get Paid for Your Pad and, and Overnight Success. Just to wrap us up, if people want to find out more about that side of of how you help and people are interested in the short term uh, rental space, what is it you offer through those companies? How do you help people, and and where can they find out more about mm-hmm. you? Yeah, hundred percent. So we've got a lot of resources for people. So anything, anything you want to do in the short-term rental space, that we'll we'll have something to support you. But let me start off by by FreeWild. If you want to check out our our brand, um, Instagram, like you mentioned, is a good place. So FreeWild is spelled F R E W Y L D. Um, then we have the podcast, Get Paid for Your Pad. We have a website. There's a lot of information on there, all free information that people can. Uh, that people can consume. So get paid for your pad.com is the best place to go there. Now, if you are interested in growing your short term rental business, you're interested in starting a real business. Like I talked about, not just, you know, opportunistic approach of let, let's, let's make a little money here and there, but you're really looking to build a business or you, you want to improve the results from the, your current portfolio. Um, then we have a lot of ways that we can support at overnight success. Uh, we have uh, we have business courses, we have revenue management courses, uh, we have a mastermind. Um, you know, we do occasionally we'll we we'll do some one on one coaching as well um, if it's a you know if it's a good fit. Um, so yeah, we have you know anything you really want to do in the short term rental space, we'll we'll have either a free resource for you or if you really need to need some hands on support, then uh, we can provide that as well. Awesome. Well, like I mentioned, I'll get everything linked up in the show notes. So we'll do a find out a bit more about you, everything you've got going on, whether that's a nice little stay like two hours away from, from San Diego and LA and in, in Idlewild. And I think that's pretty close to Palm Springs. I saw on a map, which is like uh, an awesome place to visit if you haven't been there before, by the way, or if you yep. want more support from, uh, from Jasper and his team on your own short-term rental business, um, head over to the show notes and get all the links for that. But I just want to say a massive thanks to you once again. It's It's been, what did we say, like six or seven years since you were first on the show. <laughs> a lot has changed since then. It's really exciting to get to do these uh, recaps and, and find out how people's businesses uh, have grown and changed. And I'm, I'm grateful for your time. So thanks for joining me again, Jasper. And I hope maybe we'll get the chance to do it again in another seven years. <laughs> That'll be fun. I'm sure things have changed a lot by will have changed a lot by then as well. So I appreciate your, uh, appreciate you having me on the show and, uh, to the listeners, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and feel free to reach out if you have any questions and, uh, until next time. Mm